1: LMFM podcasts. Brought to you with Cark Macross Credit Union, where dreaming of warmer climates becomes a reality with a Cark Macross Credit Union holiday loan. O'Neill Street, Cark or CarrickmacrossCU.ie.
2: Growing up, lots of kids say they want to become an astronaut and fly off into space. It's a childhood dream that many have, but very few live out. However, one Irish woman is making her dream a reality. She's a scientist and engineer, and she's determined to become Ireland's first space explorer. But before she gets there, she's on a mission to encourage more people to take up science and engineering courses, and she's breaking down stigmas and boundaries in career careers. She's set to become the first Irish space explorer. But her work on the ground, informing and educating people about space and science is truly inspirational and motivating. And of course, I invited her to 11 to 1 for Monday Motivation. Dr. Neve Shaw, you are so welcome. How are you doing?
1: I'm great, mate. How are you? I'm good. good.
2: I'm good. Now, you're in a really, really cool place today. Can you tell us where you are right now?
1: Yeah, I'm really lucky. Um, I'm over at the European Space Agency in their research and technology centre, which is one of the centres um, across Europe in the Netherlands so I'm here for a few days uh, doing a bit of work and meeting people and setting up some plans and stuff for the future so it's brilliant
2: So So and it's really fitting for our chat today this is great Yeah it's great (laughs) (laughs) Now you were born and reared in Dundalk take us back what what memories do you have of growing up in the town as people say up there
1: (laughs) Uh, Uh, Well the shopping centre which is now Tesco of course would have been a massive part of of growing up you know there was twigs up on the top floor and um, a massive, uh pennies and then on Park Street. So, um, loved school. Uh, went to the Louie, always loved science and that's big, you know, we're, we were kind of a family that loved science and history and, and science fiction. So, it kind of went well with school. Um, but there was, as much as I loved space and we, we were aware of all the different achievements and stuff that were happening, I really didn't directly identify that with Ireland. So, It didn't even dawn on me to think about applying for that uh, when it came to filling out the CAO form, which there's nothing, there was nothing really on the CAO form matching that, maybe um, aeronautical engineering in in Limerick. But even that seemed too far away for me because it was the other side of the country. You know, my mind Mm. was so kind of focused on uh, just Dundalk and the environment at the time I I went to to Dublin and, and studied engineering that way. But, um, yeah, from memory of Dundalk, we, we um, I was actually born in, in Uri and my, all of my secondary school was in the Louis, but for uh, a lot of my primary school, we actually weren't living in Dundalk, so. Um, you were more, yeah, it was more teenage, teenage years then. then? Yeah, my teenage years, really from all of secondary school, you know, so sixth mm. class and then all of secondary school. But yeah, that's, that's what I remember, you know, the town is, gosh, it's got so big, you know. Oh, it de- definitely has. wow. It's change a lot,
2: yeah. It, a lot. it it definitely does now. Uh, yeah. But but tell me, who was a big influence on you as a child? I mean, you mentioned there about science being very much yeah. part of your childhood home. Were your parents being influences in terms of you wanting to go yeah. to space?
1: Well, I didn't. Well, the thing about space was that it was sort of my secret. So it was, it's really interesting. So it was in my diaries and it was like this fantasy career that I would always write down, like whenever I was, like in my 20s and 30s, whenever I was kind of stuck and wondering what do I do with my life and I'd kind of fill out those forms it was always there so it was like this fantasy uh role so no one knew uh for years in fact sometimes I thought was I dreaming it but then it was there in in my diaries when I when I went back through them but in terms of inspiration yes of course uh mum and dad massive inspiration and science fiction is kind of the glue that bonds us all together like we're all mad Star Wars, Star Trek, Doctor Who, um, Blake Seven, you know, um, we, we that, that's kind of something that we all share a, a passion for. And then in school, uh, very lucky to have some teachers that really made a difference. My chemistry teacher, Mrs. Greer, um, completely switched on my passion for not only chemistry, but, but for science. Sort of made me, her passion just spilt over onto mine, uh, onto my lap as, as I say. And then um, English as well, uh, you know, because the creative side of me has always been there, too. So my English teacher, Sister Mary, was a massive inspiration for me, too. So it, it's always been very strange for me that my passions for science and the arts were always the same. And in a way, it kind of saved me because I was never happy doing one or the other because my career is is so varied. So the first half of my career was that whole pure maths and, and science part of my brain and But all the time I felt that I wasn't really accessing the creative part of me. So when I looked at my career and realized that a full-time career in academia wasn't really right for me, I then went across into kind of full-time arts and, and performing. And, and that was great. But then I missed science then mm. after about, you know, five or six years of that. And it was the pursuit of what I'm supposed to do with my life was was kind of gave me the courage to finally have the job and the career that I've always wanted, which was a career in space from a creative um, viewpoint. You know, not not just, oh, I want to be an astronaut, more about, I want to go to space as a sort of, um, as an experiment, almost like a kind of an art piece to see what happens when mm. somebody kind of older in life wants to do something that is near impossible. And the journey of that and to, and to document that, uh, that impossibility along the way. And to be surprised about what you can actually achieve when you commit to something no matter how impossible it is. So that so that's why I want to go um to space.
2: I I love that, you know, because you're you're yeah. no matter what the dream is, like space, it couldn't be a bigger dream like, you know. Oh, know. And and I this know. is this yeah. is what you've set your sights to. So I mean, at this stage, you know, like you, you there's a lot of steps obviously to get to to this point, but um yes. how close are you to getting to space and realizing this dream?
1: Well it's it's like if if I had a ton of money uh, it would it would be uh you know, it it, it would be it would be done, you know, mm. in, in a matter of years. So it's so it's but the way I want to do it, it's about the steps. It's really important to acknowledge how difficult it is along the way and all the people I meet and the different shows that I do um to kind of document the process and sort of share the share the process. So um the things that I've done so far I participated in in a zero-gravity flight to get a feeling of what weightlessness is like in the body, which is the very first thing that you would have to get used to um, if you are at all thinking about going to space. Mm -hmm. And then um, participating in a simulated mission, so pretending to be on Mars in a really isolated and remote part of the desert in America, was a real game-changer for me. It made me think about how good a crew member would I be if I were ever allowed on a mission to go to Mars or to the moon and realising that I have some of the qualities that are required, which is really about putting other people's needs first and being a team player, which is, which is way more valuable than, than anything else as well as a, a technical competence. But it's, it's, it's something really important. And then the, the, the two things. And then I got, I, I've been back and forth to Baikonur, which is sort of like um, the Cape Canaveral of, of Russia, for want of a better word, <laughs> the cosmodrome the cosmonaut there. And I've kind of seen um, a live launch and seen um, people return to space and, all of those experiences I have related to the general public, either in my theatre shows or as family talks or as adult talks or, you know, as uh, writing or something along the way. That's the that's the journey for me. So how close I am is, I mean, ideally what I would love is that I keep doing that along the way and I share it um, with, the, with the general public. And that I earn my place by a space agency for to go, well, you know, if we want to put somebody up in space and it has to be somebody who can, you know, communicate what that feeling is like. There's only one person. It has to be Neve Shaw. So it's like a 20 year role. Or alternatively, um, what happens is I get I win the lotto and I get wads <laughs> of cash and I can make it happen to myself. So I, I figured out how to do it financially myself. But it's all um, it's all now about just continuing to move forward and to share the experience. So um, I need a philanthropist. I need somebody to even help me with the small stuff now, because everything is getting. I, it, I feel like I'm at a point now where I'm going from from theory to practice. Yeah, you know what I mean, so all these opportunities are are awaiting me, and it's about uh, getting a patron or mm-hmm. getting some sort of. Um,
2: Financial yeah, backing. Like that.
1: Yeah, 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 that's it, that's
2: it. Okay, so anyone anyone with a wad of cash that's listening uh, that wants to, you know, uh, invest in Neve, <laughs> now's your opportunity. But, you know, you mentioned, a, you, you mentioned a couple of things there. Bring me back to the assimilation of, you know, what it would be like oh, to be on, on Mars or something. Like, what was that like? It must have been really sort of terrifying as well.
1: Yes, very, very terrifying. So I'm not a brownie or you know a girl guide although thankfully they've made me their ambassador they have year. yeah yeah yes thank you very much for that but um I you know I'm 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 not like a an outdoorsy person I love nature and everything but I'm not somebody that, that is competent in rock climbing or anything like that so I was really apprehensive about going in which is the point of the exercise for me you know in a way that I'm this person that's not supposed to be there and this is how I coped um It was very strange because within about four or five days, I had completely adjusted to not having any contact from Earth and believing that uh, we were in some remote place, like we definitely weren't on Earth anymore. You know, there's no money and we were um, eating a a ration of uh, freeze-dried foods. Everything we, we ate, we had to kind of add water to. We had limited energy and we We had no, um, uh, you know, contact with the outside world apart from mission control. And then the most important thing was that every time we went outside, we had to wear a spacesuit. It's not a, it's not a spacesuit in the classic sense of the word because you know there is gravity on Earth and there mm. is oxygen on Earth. But you wear a helmet and you wear um, a pack on your back that's very heavy, and um, and then you wear um, a suit which is an outer wear which just was kind of it was this blue sort of um, suit that we wore and your senses are shut off, you know, like once you put a helmet on your on your head, you can't you, know, you can't scratch scratch your nose or touch your face and um you have to be really careful and you were driving as well in um you know all terrain vehicles mm. um in very rocky uh, terrain, there's no roads. Uh you have to be in radio contact the whole time with each other and also back with mission control. So I got used to that really quickly. That was the strange thing. But I was, every day, I was absolutely terrified. I can remember that feeling of just being scared every day that I got up. Um, We'd get up at seven and we'd finish the day kind of around nine. But then I would, I was determined to share the experience with the public as much as possible. So I would... um, I would bring down the size of the photos that we took and post them on Facebook, which is such limited broadband. That would kind of take about two hours on top of it. So I was going to bed at 11 o'clock every night. I was chronically dehydrated the whole time I was there because you would very limited water. Uh, you couldn't like gulp back litres of water. And, um, and, and that would be the daily routine. I didn't shower when I was there. I was worried about that. I didn't bring in. I brought in very basic clothes, all my all the the room that I had in my case to get there was was with camera equipment and recording equipment. It it wasn't kind of, um, you know, I think I had one moisturiser. I think that was my kind of my luxury item. And I did really well. Like, I couldn't get over how well I coped with the situation. And it was all about bonding with the group as quickly as possible. And the group were made up of geologists and biologists that were all specialising in Mars in one shape or another. I was the kind of the person that was uh, completely... um, you know the outsider mm. we had met on a on a course where we were studying together they knew the kind of work that I wanted to make so they invited me to come there and kind of document the process and it was life changing like I can remember you know the we finished it's a simulation, and certainly we were able to go outside without wearing your helmet. So the closest thing to that is like going to the Guelfs and getting home and realizing you can speak English and you're not going to get home. <laughs> it's just weird. You're so used to, you know, like playing by this game. Yeah. And you go outside without a helmet. It's weird. And we went into this cafe, like it was just an absolute kip. But to you know, compared to where we were, it was amazing. And I ordered coffee and pancakes, and I couldn't believe it. But the but the biggest change was I went to the toilet and we had only flushed for number twos, not number ones, to conserve water. And I came out of the toilet, and I was just going to walk out the door, you know,
2: yeah, yeah.
1: just go to the hand basin, and realize I couldn't do that anymore. And I flushed the toilet, and there was just a ridiculous amount of water coming out of the cistern for me, like my 150 millilitres of urine. And it really made me think about how wasteful yeah. we are, without realising it. W- would they, would I, re- I went to wash my hands, without realising it. And then I realised... Um, I didn't need to cut it in the same degree. Like, I love my, you know, I like taking care of my appearance. You know, I, I, mm. I'm not somebody that will ever let that go. But I can remember walking in the door of the apartment and being ashamed that it was so big and being really ashamed that I had cushions, that I had, like, four or five do they sets and, like, way too many towels than I needed, way too much of everything that I needed.
2: Yeah, it, And
1: it's it still stays with me, you know. I, I've I've changed the way I buy clothes now. I buy clothes in, in uh, a pre-loved clothes. I call mm. them, and I I I haven't bought new duvet sets or anything. I'm just going to wait for them to kind of get completely, like you know, torn to pieces before I replace them. It's made me much more conscious of my relationship with the planet and. That I really needed to work on it. And I have been
2: actively working on it since that mission. Now, it sounds like you've learned so much from yourself oh, as well. Yeah. But, you know, if yeah. if you were, you, you strike me as a, a very positive, upbeat person, you know, uh, but yeah. if you're having a really, really bad day and, you know, things aren't working out in your life and just yeah. life is throwing you lots of different things. How do you stay motivated in your own life and work when you have this huge dream that you're working towards?
1: Yeah, I'm glad you answered that, Sinead, because that is the struggle. But that's part of the story. I think it was, I guess, I'm really, um, it's very important for me to share the difficulties as much as the successes, because I think if this was easy, everybody would be doing this. What makes it difficult is how so incredibly difficult it is. I mean, I have a huge personal sacrifice invested in this. You know, I, I, every penny i earn uh goes back into the next trip the next experience so that i can share it with the public and kind of keep on my journey in some way so i i live on about 150 euro a week you know um mm. as well and then just my rent. and on top of that because that is the point you know uh it's it's how far i can take this that's not easy that is not easy and some days you're really sick of it. And uh particularly when I feel that it's the finances that are kinda of holding me back and having to rethink how do I how do I do that now? How do I kind of um you know, uh, pivot to what I'm doing uh, to attract that whole you uh, know new audience when I've been able to do it on my own and asking for that help is very difficult. And you're kind of you know, you wake up some days and you're going, What am I doing? like this is a huge sacrifice in my life and, you know, what, what if it's a mistake? What if, what if, what if, you know? And I guess what I do is um, I I keep very clear the goal in my head and I have a morning routine, which if I deviate from after two or three days, I kind of can go backwards if I'm not careful. But I have a lot of support from people who, when I have down days, I will ring up and they will say, come on, Eve, you can do it. You know, right, the support of the fam- of the family. I've kind of very mm-hmm. luckily built a network of friends who really believe in what I'm doing and are just behind me 100%. And so my network of friends helps me a lot. Um, I have people here at the European Space Agency that that believe in what I'm doing. I have um, Blackrock Ca- Castle Observatory, where I'm their artist in residence. They've always believed in me. And they're like my anchor. And And, you know, people have helped me and I kind of go back to them. When I kind of have a down day and say, "Can I just have a chat with you, please?" <laughs> and they're just like, go, look what you've achieved so far," you know, like. In, well, that's it and as I well, you know, looking back on, over the yeah, and they kind of that's it. You kind of go, "What? Look what you've done." Yeah. You've done, and we all suffer from the imposter syndrome. Like you all, we all think, "What am I doing?" Like you know, people must think I'm mad, and sure, somebody's going to do it, and you know, and you just have to go. You just, it's not about that. It's about. It's about the dream that I had when I was, you know, when I, since the age of eight years of age. And it's this its this experiment to see how can you actually make that possible. And when you realize that that's what you really want to do with your life, after you've had some soul searching, after you've had a number of careers, the only thing that stops you is fear. It's, it's just fear that you may not complete it. Fear of what people might say. But fear is something that's just in your head. And and the interesting thing is, like, I've overcome that fear by wanting to get to space, by kind of changing my perspectives on what's important in life um, and also my perspectives on the world, you know. And Mm. by zooming out and seeing the world from space, it really makes me think about what a short time I have on this planet. We all have on this planet and we kind of set our own limits and we set our own realities. So... The people you surround yourself with determine your reality. It's like when I went to college that time, my reality was Dundalk and maybe Dublin. I didn't even think beyond even going to Limerick. And, and, you know, by venturing out into the world, your reality shifts all the time. So why don't I take that experiment to to infinity, to the edge of space? And what do we look like from there? And, and for me, a lot of this, It's not about a personal quest. It's about like, this is what I've learned. And I'm really, really excited to share this with people because I hope that it gives them the freedom to kind of just live the life that they want, you know, and and not to be limited by fear, really, fear. Well,
2: Niamh, you know, just listening to you there, like, I mean, absolutely. I feel like I can go on and out and do anything now after talking to you. <laughs> but, you know, I, I I would love to chat to you so much longer. I really would, but um, I, I'm okay. run out of time here. But thank you so much for joining us and keep inspiring people, keep inspiring young people. My daughter, by the way, is considering a career in science and engineering and it's women like you who are encouraging her. You, her. Thank so you. thank you for that. And I really hope you get to space no. and uh, we can't wait thank to hear you. about more of your adventures. When you Thank do. You.
1: Thank you. And thanks for the opportunity to speak with you because you guys helped me. <laughs> By me talking to people, you help me as well, so I'm only delighted. So thank you, Smit.
2: No problem at all, and you're welcome anytime. There, that's Doctor Neve Shaw. Wow, what a woman, giving us such m- brilliant Monday motivation. And if you missed any of that, you tuned in just a little bit later. Anything, we'll have it all on lmfm.ie in our podcast. Eleven to one on LMFM with Gilmore's Kings Court. Test drive the awesome 2019 Mercedes-Benz E-Class today. It truly is a masterpiece of intelligence. Discover more with the new Mercedes-Benz E-Class from Gilmore's Kingscourt or Gilmore's.ie.
1: LM. LMFM podcasts brought to you with Carrickmacross Credit Union. Where dreaming of warmer climates becomes a reality with a Carrickmacross Credit Union holiday loan. O'Neill Street, Carrickmacross or
2: CarrickmacrossCU.ie. Hold up.